0: Your spirit, your Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. When marriage is bad, everything is bad. Amen? Like everything sucks when that sucks. And you can try to like supplement and to bring other exciting activities into your life. But when that thing is just there, and it's, and it's just missing, I mean, just not moving down the line like it's supposed to move down the line, it drags the life out of you. I don't know that from experience. I've just heard, so. <laughs> the Song of Solomon, we have seen this couple date meet each other. We've seen them court. We've seen their wedding day. He shows up, comes down the middle aisle, 60 warriors beside him. She's looking at him like, that. that's, that's a man, that is a man. Her response is, who is this that's coming up from the desert like a cloud of smoke? Who is this godly man? We move to chapter four it's their wedding night we see this honeymoon unfold and the physical intimacy that god designed for married couples brings them to this place and then all of a sudden we have a fight chapter 5 we get in an argument he wants to be intimate she's she does she has a headache she's not interested and she's not and we see him turn write a love note with myrrh and put it on the door and say, look, toots, if it's the last thing I want is for me and you to be cross, I can eat this. I can just, I can move on. You are so much better than just the physical pleasure that you can bring me. I'm not, I'm not beating you up. Consequently, if uh, we're going to talk about some stuff about marriage, if that kind of messes up some stuff you got going on at home with your kids, uh, we do have children's church downstairs. Should have mentioned that earlier. Sorry about that. Um, so chapter six we get to. They are chapter five and six. They're in the middle of this fight, and then six you see them make up. They spend time with one another, and then we get to chapter seven. What do you do when the honeymoon is over? What do you do when we're, we're now we're comfortable? You know what I mean? Like he's wearing tidy white. He's just to walk around the house. You know what I mean? Like, we're just comfortable. She's got chocolate on her shirt from two days ago. She don't even care. You know what I mean? She doesn't. What do you do then? Like, how do you keep the flame alive when it's a maid and a gardener living in the same house? Like, what do you do then? Do you think that God would have anything to say, of course he would. Of course he would. He's talked about everything else. Guy's not shy. God's not a prude. He just lays it all out there. He's going to lay it out there for us on this too. Chapter 7. What in the world do you do to keep the flame alive inside of your relationship when you get past those honeymoon years? That seven-year itch hits. Now what? And maybe for you it's the 15. Maybe for you it's the 17. Maybe it's the 30. Whatever it is, it hits. Amen? It happens. Year 1, year 7, whatever it is, it happens. And we look at each other like... I don't know if I want to do this anymore. (laughs) You just ain't like you were, you know? You ain't cool. Well, you ain't pretty. Well, you ain't skinny. Well, you ain't exactly working, you know? Is that gravy in your beard? What is wrong with you, you know? Like, this this is where we go. When we get there, how do we resuscitate this thing that's just laying there lifeless? How do we fix that deal? God's got something to say about that. This is a very practical sermon. There is not a whole lot of just depth and emotion in it. This is just practical stuff. I'm going to lay it out there. Some of you will not like it. You'll write me letters and you'll tell me, "Ooh, I did not appreciate that. I appreciate those letters. Thank you. (laughs) Listen to this guy. Dudes, you're getting laid out first. Women, coming for you next. All right? Chapter 7. Dudes, check, check this out. How beautiful are your sandaled feet? Time out. Time out. Twice before, Solomon has talked about her physical features. And where did he start? At the top of her head, and he worked his way down. Ooh, Solomon's got some depth. For you dudes, that's called game, all right? Game. Solomon's got mad game. Why? Because he's got this depth, this capacity to say, you know what? Maybe everything don't look like it used to when you was a cheerleader. But you know what, Sugar. Your feet look great <laughs> for real that's the real thing isn't it you dudes that are like doing it like doing it well at home and like your your wife is just thrilled with who you you figured that thing out already like you figured that deal out listen to this guy he's a genius if you guys are not taking notes or at least mental notes you're idiots this guy is a genius oh prince's daughter do you ever remember the Shulamite being men- her father ever being mentioned? No, you don't. You know what you remember? Here's what you remember: My brothers made me work in the vineyard. Where was her dad? We don't know. Solomon says to her, "You know what? Your dad must have been a king. This is the deal. Like me and my father-in-law, we're similar in in some ways. But you know how father-in-laws are. You just kind of have a thing. Mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, right? You're just kind of like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Here's the deal. I cannot deny." He throws a good colt. Come on, catch up. He throws a good colt. His, his daughter? Like I could disagree with him all day long. At the end of the day, he's a king. Because he gave me one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given in my entire life. I can disagree with him and I can think he's a bonehead and we can weak and whatever. But guess what? He throws a good colt. She is the prince's daughter. She comes from royalty, if you're asking me. Listen to this next one. This will mess you up. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of craftsman hands. Hold on. Listen, legs is not the, that's not right. You know what the word is? (laughs) Thighs. For real? Listen to this guy. If you were to ask a woman, what is, the, what is the thing about you that you do not like the most? At the top of the list, it's going to be the thighs. You hear it all the time. Girls say this, you can hear them all the time talking about this. Oh, I know, but since I have babies, right? <laughs> but I used to be a size two, but now. <laughs> all the time. Solomon says the medallions. Those are Medallions. Do you also notice something? He's talking about stuff that nobody else is going to notice, dude. You see that? Like he's noticing things about her. Ain't nobody ever complimented her on in her entire life, baby. Your feet are, your feet are great. She's like my feet. I my feet are great. I guess my feet are great. That's incredible, dudes. Stay creative. Hear me. Point number one, dudes. Stay creative in your compliments. If you're not, weak sauce. Hear me? We can fight in the parking lot if you want to. Weak. Get creative with your compliments. If you can pull the hood up on a car and look at the top of a bolt and you can tell me what size it is, but you can't figure out something on her that's pretty, you are beep. With me? Morons. The lot of you, you know what I mean? Like, we have to stay creative. That is built into the system. God designed it that way. That's our job. Here's what it means. It means that we force our eyes to take a back seat. We let our heart lead the way. If you wait on your eyes to notice things that it likes, it will quit on you a long time before the race is over. Because your eyes will stop seeing those things. All all the eyes will do is remember back to when she used to look like this and she used to act like that and she used to be this kind of person and now she's not. If you let your eyes lead, that's what what will happen. If you let your heart lead, your eyes will eventually follow. And your eyes will be like, okay, I guess we're in this for the long haul. How about your ankles? At least they're not cankles. (laughs) You know? Okay, apparently we can't quit this race. You got great knees. And Solomon reaches to the depth of his heart to say, there's things about her that I know she's insecure about, but I love her. Number one, we're talking about feet. We stay creative. Dudes, we stay creative. Number two, we're talking about thighs. Dudes, stay sensitive. Dude, you you mess that up, you're going to know because you're never going to stop hearing about it. You're never going to stop hearing about it. You cross that line, you will never stop hearing about it. Stay sensitive. Creative? Sensitive. Here we go. (laughs) Verse 2. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Now, immediately, some of you are like, go ahead, say it. I'll slap the crap out of you. (laughs) Right here. I will knock you. Say it. Just, Just hold on. This word wine right here that they're talking about. Rounded goblet, blended wine. Never lacking blended wine. Do you know what this is? Liquor. It's a different word than wine. This is spiced wine. You know what he's saying? You still intoxicate me. You still do. Listen, sister, you had three kids and you jumped to a size 12 or whatever. It don't make no difference to me. Everything about you still intoxicates me. We ain't even talking wine. We're talking over the top. I'm out. You leave me stumbling in the street, sister. Do we have to? Does we have to reaffirm the fact that they still intoxicate us on that level? That's how you got married, right? It's true, right? Like if you got married and you, there, there wasn't that thing to where you was t- spitting a bunch of game, you know what I mean? If you got married, all right, that's whatever. But more than likely, you had some lines. And you were saying, sister, you are fine. You are beautiful. You are this. You are that. And then we get comfortable. And then we sit there with a remote in one hand and a drink in the other. We stop getting creative. We stop being sensitive. And we stop reaffirming the fact that they still have the power to push us over the edge. Solomon is not going to quit on this. This next one, I question. All right. Your waist is a mound of wheat um, encircled by lilies. I don't know. All right, I don't know. I'll be honest. I mean, it's just... The commentaries say everything from pregnancy and that she has given him wonderful children, that she keeps producing from this place miraculously. The, the commentators will go that direction and the other ones are talking about stuff like, well, I mean, because it's like a tummy, you know? No, I don't know. I have no idea what we're talking about at this point. He moves on. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. You ever, seen a, you ever seen a mama deer with two baby fawns? You stopped what you were doing right then, didn't you? Little, little white spots? Those two little baby deer following a mama? Stopped what you were doing. Like when you saw that, you stopped what you were doing. Solomon tells this gal here at the seven-year itch mark, he tells her, ain't a thing about you that's changed. You still blow my mind. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Anybody ever heard that? Dude, did you see her? No, I didn't see it. Did you see her neck? What is wrong with you? Wait. Did you see the neck on that girl? No. What are you talking about? guy by the name of Joe Navarro, 25 year veteran with the FBI, says the neck is the most telling feature of the body when it comes to body language. He said he was investigating, looking for a wanted man, and he went to the house of the mother, the mother of this wanted man who's on the run, said, we're looking for this guy, we can't find him. And when I looked at the lady and I said, has your son been to the house? She went like this, no. he asked her several other questions never touched her neck again he asked her a second time so is there any chance that he has been here in your house and she said no I would know if he was here upon concluding the whole interview he got ready to leave and he said just so that I can wrap up my paperwork and I can just make sure I get this all in my notes the son has not been in your house at all there's no chance he's in there right and she said no he's not here She said, "Then you won't." He said, "Then you won't mind if we search the house." He said, "Because I concluded that what goes on in the neck is so telling that we will reach to cause that we will reach to try to pacify it, to calm it down, because all of our facial features begin here." And he said, "And I knew." We searched the house. He was in the closet, sitting on a pile of stuffed animals that was on top of a handgun. He said, because she couldn't stop doing this. You remember Solomon in the beginning when we started talking about this, the things that Solomon knew. Throughout the Song of Solomon, he will name 21 different types of plants and and, uh, flowers. He will also list 15 different species of animals through the eight chapters of Song of Solomon. When the Queen of Sheba showed up and she said... I have heard about all of the things that you know, but what I learned from sitting with you today is so much greater than even the rumors that I heard about you. Solomon is an absolute genius. Do you think this is a deal he figured out? Do you think this is the thing that he just knew he could look at this woman and he could say she's always telling the truth? I can read her body language, and it's crystal clear, and I love watching her neck. It's like an ivory tower. It tells no lies. Is that it? Your eyes are the, pool, your eyes are the pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bathrabim. Don't use this next one. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. Not cool. <laughs> not, not cool. Not cool. Look, I tried to do the homework to figure that out, but Dick Solomon apparently digs chicks with long noses, and that's fine. That's fine. So he does, she does, it's good. Work with what you got, right? Work with what you got. Your head crowns you like, Mark Car- like Mount Carmel. Your hair is like a royal tapestry. The king is held captive by its tresses. Oh, how beautiful you are, and oh, how pleasing. O oh, love, with all your delights, your stature is like that of a palm, and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I said I will climb the tree, and I will take hold of its fruit. Point number three. Um, quote Steve Miller band lyrics. Okay. Really love your peaches. Want to shake your tree? It's like I didn't write it. Talk to the Lord. You know. Like Solomon and the Lord put this together. Baby, you're like a tree. And I said, I'm going to climb that tree. And I'm going to take, that's Frick. That's Steve Miller. You with me? If you want to go back even further, I think the Clovers had that line first in a song called Lovey Dovey, if you want to check that out. But why do we need to quote Steve Miller, Steve Miller band songs? Why do we need to quote those? Here's the deep, deep spiritual reason. Chicks dig it. All right, let's go. This is point number three, chicks dig it. So just do it. He says, your stature or your height is perfect. Are you catching the drift on this guy? Like he has gone beyond the obvious physical things of like seventh and eighth grade boys talking in a locker room. We're past the generic. Now we're down to the specifics. Like I love your height. (laughs) What? Listen, guys, it is up to us to dig into us and reach into us and say, I'm going to find something else great about her. If you stand on the outside and all you do is complain, all you do is bicker and talk about how she's not who she used to be, that is weak. That's sin against your wife, against you, against God. It doesn't work. His acknowledgement of her navel as a goblet, he's talking about intoxication, and then his acknowledgement of Uh, her belly as a heap of wheat his sensitivity that he begins to handle this stuff okay so check this out in chapter two they were talking and she said i am the rose of sharon the lily of the valleys the verse cuts and he comes in and he finishes her sentence like a lily among thorns is my lover among the maidens we saw this happen in chapter two Now look at this, verse nine. And your mouth is like the best wine. The verse cuts, everything goes to the feminine. She begins to speak. Before the verse is even over, she finishes his sentence and she says, may the wine go straight to my lover, flowing gently over his lips and teeth. This guy has dug deep. He's reached into a place to where he didn't, he didn't know that he had. And he began to speak to this woman from his heart and not with his eyes. Listen to this. Last part. The fragrance, the fragrance of your breath is like apples and your mouth is like the best wine. Now, ladies, you can tell me thank you for this later. Um, and I don't know this because I'm a genius. I know this because I learned it the hard way there is a difference between marital intimacy and romance correct you know what you do not see Solomon do here he starts at her feet and where does he end the nose the hair her height he goes back to her body once more and that's it do you remember on a honeymoon he referred to her sexuality as a garden locked up do you hear this here No, you don't. Do you know why? Because not all romance ends in the bedroom. Amen, ladies? I think Brad Paisley put it best the back rub really means just the back rub, right? There's this line, there's this place. There's this idea that, you know what? This means this. And so this is the means to go there. This is the way it always works. And you see this with young girls all the time. They will use sex to get romance. Men will use romance to get sex. But the two are completely autonomous. They're completely autonomous. Sex can just be sheer animal instinct, cheap, and to be disregarded if there is not any romance no love no marriage but coupled with romance love and marriage this becomes the greatest friendship you have ever experienced in your entire life solomon understands that there's a difference he does not go here we go from the bottom from the bottom of her feet all the way up and then by the way where's mine solomon doesn't go there he loves her from his heart and not, by, not because he's interested in crossing that line to, so what do I get if I do this right? She finishes his sentence. So, ladies, what about you? What do you need to do to put this thing in perspective so that you can look at your marriage and say, how can I have a good godly marriage when things, when we've hit that seven-year itch, that hard part? Like, what do we need to do? Here's the first one. Listen to these first two verses here coming off of verse nine your mouth he says your mouth is like the best wine she speaks may the wine go straight to my lover flowing gently over his lips and teeth I belong to my lover and his desire is for me come my lover let us go to the countryside let us spend the night in the villages ladies do you know what she just did she just reaffirmed his position in her life that is my lover that's my lover Ladies, I'm going to tell you something that I'm not supposed to tell, okay? I'm not supposed to tell. Behind the curtain of the great and powerful Oz is a little bitty emotional midget (laughs) pulling levers, pushing buttons, making smoke and noise. With me? Oh, we got the swagger and we got the bark. With me? But at the end of the day, we still want to know that we're the man. And anybody else in the world can say it, but it only matters if you do. I'm not going to ask the dudes to be like, that's true, (laughs) but but like, give me, (laughs) right? Yeah, right? It's real, isn't it? Like, we need to know. She reaffirms it three times. He's my lover. He's my lover. He's my lover. Ladies, if we don't know that, that's an empty, empty world. You know one of the best things that can happen to a dude? And you can ask him, one of the best things that can happen to a dude is if, if you get caught bragging on him and it gets back to him, that's good news. Like, we are knocking it out of the park. You with me? Like, if you've been bragging at the salon and then I hear about it, like, oh, your wife was just in. She said that you did this and that, well, I mean, she's right. It's true. Like, we need that. We need to be reaffirmed on that side we need that. When we hear that we are this, we are this, we are this, that reminds us of our place in the marriage, our position in the marriage. Consequently, you can only hear the opposite a few more times, right? This bag of trash over here in the recliner, this lazy son of a gun here, you can only hear that so many times this guy he just doesn't get it he's so dumb he just doesn't get it he just doesn't i don't know he's just not smart he doesn't get it you can only hear that so many more times before some sheet rock is getting broke right because that just can't happen we are fragile she reaffirms him look at his next thing she does Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if the blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates are in bloom. Do you remember when she talked about the vineyard before? Solomon and her? He said to her, let's catch those foxes that are getting into the vineyard and eating all the little blossoms off and ruining all these relationships, all these dumb fights that we just keep having and we can't stop having which I think that was on the first podcast if you look that up. It's on the first podcast if you want to go back and listen to that one. How in the world do we stop having these fights? Solomon says, show me what the problem is. Take me to the place that's broke and I will fix that. I will fix the hole. No foxes are getting I will stand guard. Whatever I need to do, I will make sure we are in good place. Now she says, let's go down to the garden. Let's go down to the vineyard. Let's go check this out. Let's go see what's grown. Do you hear what she's saying? I love the years I've spent with you. We have both changed so much. And I love that we've both changed so much. There's this dance that we've been doing through the years, and we've learned how to step with one another. We've done this thing. We've figured this part out. We are in step. And she says, you have grown as a husband. Ladies, we need that. We need reaffirmed. We need to be reaffirmed of our sexuality and our position inside of our marriage. That is my lover. We also need the kudos. You know what? You're doing a great job. You're a good husband. I notice all my other girlfriends, they got crappy husbands. I got a good one. I'm so thankful for you. That goes a long ways, girls. A long ways. Look at this next one. Into verse 12, she says, let's go see if the pomegranates are in bloom. There I will give you my love. Verse 13 is over the top, over the top. The mandrakes send out their fragrance and at our door is every delicacy, both new and old, that I have stored up for you for the fourth time, my lover. If you were Jewish, you'd be passed out right now in the aisles. Did she say mandrakes? Yes, she said. I'm blushing, right? I'm flushed. Mandrakes. Said mandrakes. Obviously, you don't know Ma- mandrakes. Oh, mandrakes, okay. Raisin cakes served as as an aphrodisiac. Mandrakes. Check this out. Mean fertility. You know what she says? You are exactly the father that I want my children to have. You knock fatherhood out of the park. You are a great dad. There's not too many things in life that we really feel like we're just killing it. Right, dudes? We feel like we're just making, just getting by. She's not mad. It must be a good day. But when you hear that you still have your position, that you're working in the relationship, that you're crushing it as a father, <sighs> dude, you're going anywhere? Why? Why would we wander off? You're gonna have a hard time getting rid of me, I promise you that. It's exactly men are, listen, the majority of people in the universe are are about 63% water. Men are about 97% ego, right? So we ain't going nowhere with that kind of treatment. Like, we ain't going nowhere. Like, we want to stay in that place. Consequently, we have to earn every single compliment that we ever get. Last part. She says, at the door is every delicacy, both new and old, that I have stored up for you, my lover. Ladies, I'm wandering into a place that I don't need to be, all right? So I'm going to talk about this on a very, very superficial level, and then we're going to move on so that I don't get embarrassed and you don't get mad, all right? She says, I got tricks you ain't seen. (laughs) Let's move on. That's what she just said. I didn't say it. She said it. I'm not going to elaborate, but ladies, last one, and this applies to both men and women. If you show me a marriage that is constantly in trouble, cannot figure it out, busted and broken, let me give you a quick survival kit on how to put things back together okay if you follow these steps i promise you the fighting will end okay listen the fighting will end and you will be able to get to a place to where you reconcile you may not feel different immediately but you will be able to reconcile if you follow these steps You with me he can talk about her fruit all day long and she can talk about his fruit all day long but a marriage that does not have the fruit of the spirit will suck If there is a couple and we cannot get it figured out, the first problem is not her. The second problem is not you, nor vice versa. You know what the first problem is? You and Jesus. Jesus calls us to love our enemies. And in turn, the same word is used when he says, love your wife. And sometimes you share a bed with the enemy for a period of time, and you reconcile. That's true. Christians, maturing, developing, people who are in a relationship with Jesus and trying to move forward, listen, the fighting will happen still but you will begin to learn that your relationship with Jesus is what makes your relationship with that person easier. You cannot live with somebody of the opposite sex without Jesus and get along. I heard you say amen, several of you did. Even if it was with your mind, I heard it. How can you? It takes Jesus. And consequently, my wife deserves a man who loves the Lord and nothing less. That's what she deserves. Husbands, that's what our wives deserve. For us to love them as Christ loved the church. And what? Died for her. But not only died. Resurrected. Came back. Sent the comforter. Somebody who can empower us to learn how to love the people around us. The Apostle Paul said it this way, I struggle with all of the power that comes from Christ. I struggle with all of Christ's energy. Do you know what that means? That you cannot love that person on your own and it be good. Marriage is a Christian thing. With me? It's for Christian people. It's for people who have a relationship with Jesus. Then you know what happens? Marriage works. So do you mean like there'll never be any more troubles? What are you, are you not listening? Marriage can be terrible. Even when you love Jesus, it can be terrible. Well, can you imagine what it's like otherwise? Show me a marriage that can't get past that and I can show you two people who refuse to grow as Christians. This is why our spiritual life is so important. This is why our connection to Jesus is so important. Because the ultimate relationship, the picture of what God and people looks like, Jesus said, is marriage. And so for us, that's what it requires. For us to be fully submitted to Christ. If we're not fully submitted to Christ, we will struggle in our marriages.